Hello and welcome to the groundbreaking, award-winning podcast by Fuel, the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, episode 150 extravaganza. Yay. There are balloons behind me, there are ribbons, there are chanting people everywhere, but only in my head. The only people here with me today is Pete DeMeo. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 150. <laughs> I gave him a dollar. And... No wonder that monster keeps coming around here. <laughs> <laughs> and Phil Frisco. Welcome back, you fellow fueligans. And Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy-ho. Hey, you were not the first South Park reference on today's episode. I was not. That's funny. So, I need two things. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorite episodes of all time. If you haven't seen it, it's a Loch Ness Monster oh, episode. So it's so good. All right, so today, what are we talking about, Pete? This is your episode. So today we're going to talk about strategies that you can use to recover your hotel's lost bookings. Ooh. So everyone's seen 90-plus percent cancellations and... We need to get those back if we want to recover. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, we, we're already talking on the show a few times about we're beginning to see the, the things turn around. I think people are getting a little more optimistic, a little more open to the possibility of, of booking a vacation. Certainly the sentiment studies that Fuel's been putting out would, would suggest that and the data we're watching on our clients' behalf is would suggest that. So it's time to rev up those engines, folks, and start thinking about the future versus worrying about the present. So one of the first opportunities, low-hanging fruit, is going to those folks that you had on the books that you no longer have on the books. And before they go book through those pesky OTAs or to one of the competition, how are we going to get them back to come stay with us? So that's what we're going to talk about today. It's based on a blog that Pete put out on the fueltravel.com website. Uh, but before we get into that, Pete, no newsaroos today again? No newsaroos for me. Man. We still need a jingle. It, it would be very um, inappropriate for us not to do a jingle. Well, since there's no new ruse, there's no jingle. But we do have something else. I think what we, do have we have a sad week. Oh, we have that'll a sad do. Week. See, that's the consolation prize, but I will take it right now. So this... Wait, doesn't Melissa, doesn't Melissa usually sing the Stat of the Week song? Oh, that's true. Oh, it's the Stat of the Week. Stat of the Week. Stat of the Week. I also like the... the the beep boops that we do when we do it. The, the beep boops come right after she says that, but you interrupted them. Oh, my bad. Do it again. <laughs> Is that the same one we've done before? Well, that's the right oh, boops. Who put this? The link's wrong. Okay, let me try that this again. That was a Here modem. Go. What are you doing? Okay, record this now. Ready? There it is. See who needs a jingle from Pete when you've got Melissa doing stat of the week and then the beat boops. That is amazing. So do we actually have a stat of the week? We do. So a stat of the week is from hotelnewsresource.com. Um, and it's saying that 48% of Americans have canceled their summer travel due to coronavirus concerns, which isn't too far off of what our study showed at 52%, I believe it was, right? Yeah. That so, is correct. So we're looking at it about half of people. Yeah, double double stat. It's like a double complete rainbow. It's very impressive. <laughs> so when, when we when we did our sentiment study, we saw fifty two percent, and then we also saw what percentage Melissa had rescheduled. 
14%, but that's all vacations, not necessarily summer. So just to be clear about that. That's true. That's exactly right. So we're dealing with about half the people that had a vacation had canceled them. Uh, obviously, people are sitting there with very low occupancy right now. And typically this time of year, you would have had plenty of people in your hotel. So where did they go and how do we get them back? And that's what Pete's going to teach us today, starting with, do you want to set this up? Yeah, just give me just a second to set this bad boy up. So everybody has spent collectively billions of dollars driving demand and actually driving successful bookings to their property. And so much of that has evaporated away with cancellations, uh, modifications, if you're lucky, where the person moves their guest farther back in the year. But a lot of it has been cancellations. And now that we are... I think it's safe to say we're beginning that recovery process. We're early in the process, but we need to start thinking now about how do we get those people who booked to stay, we paid for them, we got them to the site and they booked to get them to come back and book again. Because as we get into this recovery, everybody is going to be struggling to attract those people from either competitors or the people that they lost bookings from. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We have five specific things that if you do you will absolutely see a resurgence in those people who have booked coming back to your property. I say, I'm assuming we're going to start with number one, right? You would assume that, but it's one of my podcasts. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. We're starting with five, which all these are great. Yes. All all these are great items, but I've reverse organized them. So, so you're going in, is this a hierarchy? Is this what you're saying? Yeah, I would say you, we're going to start with five. You want to do five. Uh, but before you do five, you want to make sure you do four. And before four, you want to do three and so on. So, so what, we'll what about before the, three? What 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 would you do before three? I would do two. And then and then at the two. very end of the podcast, to make everybody listen, they're going to hear the number one thing you should be doing wow. to uh, recoup your lost bookings. There's a reason you're called Sneaky Pete. That is. What's that? <laughs> So you guys ready to dive in? All right, let's jump in. We are ready. All right, we're diving in with five. All right, so you want to target your drive markets. This is a little bit beyond just targeting your canceled reservations, but if you look at the studies we've produced and studies kind of across the board, people are going to be very, very reluctant to fly or travel long distances for vacations in the near term. So you really want to use your marketing dollars as effectively as possible, where you, you're going to get the biggest return on ad spend. And I would believe that that is going to be your drive markets. So look at where you can condense your marketing efforts to where you know that your guests are going to be most likely originating from. And if you are uh someone that has to take that on yourself and targeting the drive markets for your marketing efforts and you're not used to doing that or you don't know how, uh, we did just create a blog post uh, up this week that shows you exactly how to target your drive markets within um, Google Ads, Facebook, uh, also some email tactics and some good old-fashioned phone calls. So we'll put a link to that bad boy in the show notes that you can get at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 150. Yep, exactly. So first thing you want to do is obviously we're going to find the best performance is your PPC campaigns. But I also wouldn't overlook any of your local portal sites, your CVBs, your destination portals, 
and and make sure you're there because that's where people are going to start that vacation shopping for your entire destination. And if, if you're open and you're ready for business, you do want to make sure you're supporting your local portals. One is it's good for the community, but also it's going to be a great place to find those guests. Yeah, and we have some data to back up this theory, right? I mean, I think if you listen to most experts, they think the order in which business will come back and, and has typically after some kind of black swan event like this, it's going to come back local and then regional and state level and then you know national and then international. But in our sentiment study that we did, and we, res- we served that last week, so on April 16th, we did a second round two weeks after the first round, and we added some new questions. And one of them we asked was, how willing will you be to travel specific distances a month, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months after restrictions are lifted? And and we could see a clear pattern of the further you went out, the less willing people were going to do it in the, in the near term. So there, it, there was a slight anomaly because one of the questions maybe wasn't worded properly. We said in your local area. So obviously, if a lot of folks from places like New York and New Jersey were answering that they may not be willing to travel to their quote unquote local area. But if we break that down and look at people that live in more uh, uh, rural areas, they're willing to travel lo- locally first. And then everyone across the board said they'll be willing to travel up to two hours, then up to six hours then up to 10 hours. So there's definitely data that supports this theory of targeting locals in, in close drive market mm-hmm. first. Yep, absolutely. So that's going to be the number five thing you're going to do. You want to target your drive markets. But before you do that, or actually say, yeah, before you do that, you want to do the next one on our list. Number four. All right. Number four is proactively calling your canceled reservations. So one of the great opportunities that you have when someone has canceled reservation in a situation like this is you have all their information which means you can literally pick up the phone, call them, and resume that business relationship that you've already established with that guest. And it, it's, a, it's a manual process. But if you have the staff, if you're making the full use of the Paycheck Protection Program, and you have people who need work to do at your property, this is a great way to get back out, reach out to your guest, and proactively convert them very early in that buying process before they go back to the web and start seeing your competitors. So I'm going to disagree with you on this, Pete, because I think this deserves to be higher slash lower on this list because these are people that already gave you money or they already gave you a credit card. They were ready to come to your property. It should be very easy to get them to come back and rebook. So to me, this is the lowest hanging fruit that you have and you should go after it first. I know. I, fight, I had fight, a hard time fight, with, fight, fight. I had a hard time with this, but all of, all the ones after target your drive market should almost be working in tandem. So I put this one here to, to stir the pot a little bit. Oh, you stirred it. Yeah. Hey, you better it be lucky because I was going to put stop tracking because to focus on just getting bookings. You know what should come before that? Go get a sucky booking engine. That would have been right up Melissa's alley. But uh, when you you talk about calling those canceled reservations, 
you have to set your metrics appropriately. This is as much a relationship wellness type check as it is, hey, get your credit card out again. We got to rebook this reservation. And one thing that always comes to mind is the way Zappos treats customer service. They had a customer service call that lasted 10 hours and 43 minutes. And that's a long time to buy a pair of shoes. But it's not a long time if you're talking to a guest, if you're engaging them and you're understanding who they are and you're building that relationship. In Zappos case, that 10 hour call probably led to a lifetime customer. And this gives you the chance to kind of follow in their footsteps and, and do the same thing for your guests. Yeah, and I think beyond that one individual, it sets a precedent, right? And, and creates word of mouth positivity and people are going to become your advocates, you know, just your customer. And that, that's how it leads to more and more, more and more business. And I think you kind of touched on a lot of the things that make this important related to you already have their contact information. They've already done the diligence to choose you. You know, maybe the reason they, they were staying has changed though. So I think you've got to be conscious of that. Like wh- why were they coming in the first place? So I think that's how you, you want to approach the conversation, but then also understanding what was it that led them to, to cancel. It was likely fear. How do you eliminate the fear? How do you un- eliminate the uncertainty? And maybe how do you incentivize them? How, how do you provide extra value and say, Hey, we know that you booked at this rate for May or June. Um, but if you book again between these dates, then we'll, we'll, give you an upgrade or we'll, we'll honor your rate, even though they, you know, our bar rate for that date is higher. Give them a little carrot and dangle it in front of them to make it a little more palatable as well. Yeah. I was going to say Stuart, That's a, that's a good point. Have some talking points for the, the person who is reaching out to these canceled reservations. Um, have your updated cleaning policies, have things in your area that are going to be open during said time. Um, just, just, be able to reassure the guests that it's still worth them coming. Yeah, for sure. All right, no, are, are we moving on? I think we're ready to move on. Let's see who else has anything else to add to that one. All right, number three. Number three. And I know we're changing up a little bit, but this one would have been the same spot either way. So feel good about that. <laughs> All right. So number three is find and re-engage your guests throughout the web. And this kind of goes back to the first point we just talked about is you have their data, you know, when they booked and you probably also have a lot of the metadata on this customer, uh, related cookies and, and where they travel their emails and whatnot. So use that and build a great remarketing campaign that will attract them throughout the web. Yeah, this is one where it, I would suggest, you know, even using display ads to remind them to come back. Um, just kind of pointing out, hey, do you remember you booked with us? Uh, we're still open. That that type of messaging could go a long way. Um, getting them excited to come back uh, through through display ads. You could also do search ads if your lists are large enough, um, or Facebook ads if your lists are large enough. But I think. For, for Google and Microsoft specifically, display ads are going to be the way to go and, and probably the most targeted because you can keep groups of around 100 people. Yeah, and to dive more specifically into that, and we're going to talk a lot about CRMs in the future and how they are going to play such a critical role in the, the recovery, 
But if you have a good CRM, you know, not to name names, but the Fuel AI powered CRM is is pretty awesome. You might want to try that one out. But uh, go ahead and use your your email platform, your CRM system, and start helping your search marketing team by building two very specific segments that you'll provide to your search marketing team so that they can create those custom audiences in Google Ads, Microsoft Ads, Facebook, or whomever that is. And the first segment that you're going to want to create is all those people who canceled. So anybody who had stays between date X and date Y, whenever this, uh, whenever you're sending this out, and export as much information as you can from your CRM to give Phil or whomever is managing your, your search marketing the best information possible to find and engage those guests. So, so that's the first segment that you really want to target, people who actually canceled. I would recommend you go beyond that and look at the people who may have booked but didn't because of, in this case, COVID. So create a segment of guests who stayed last year within the time period of this quarantine that you would have hoped would come back to the property. So create those, that segment, get that to Phil or the, the search marketing team as well, and use those two audiences to create that re-engagement campaign. I would also suggest, Pete, uh, if you can, a, a people who maybe started their booking process and didn't finish for some re- reason or another, uh, some, some cart abandonment. Um, if, you're, if your lists are large enough there, we'd love to target those people as well. That's a great point. Yeah, I think it's a good, good point. I think the challenge a lot of folks have, though, is that they, they either have a CRM that isn't capable of, of monitoring and, and capturing data related to behavior, um, or... They don't have it configured. You know, they have a tool that works, but they don't have it configured. So I'm going to keep reiterating this on the show over the next few weeks until we get back to somewhat of a normal schedule where things things are humming and, and we're doing the normal things that we're used to doing. Now is the time to go and, and reevaluate how you've done things in the past. And one of the things you want to make sure coming out of this is that you're better prepared next time some catastrophic event happens and from a CRM perspective, you have to be collecting all of your data in one place. You have to be looking not just at demographic and behavioral data in terms of what they booked, but also when are they hitting your other assets? When are they interacting with your website? What are they doing with your website? When are they interacting with your emails? What are they clicking on in your emails? If you don't have a CRM that's capable of capturing all that in a single golden record of your guest, then you need to really think hard about switching right now because now's the time you can get away with switching because you're not sending tons of emails. You have time to really warm up your list. And so go go and do some research. And I can save you a bit of time because you'll find that the Fuel AI-powered CRM is probably the best product on the market right now. But if it's not for you, there are others out there too. I mean, you can do a lot of this stuff in MailChimp as well if, you, if you're you know budget conscious, but don't settle for a second-rate platform. Now is the time to really get things in a position for success in the future. Great shameless plug. <laughs> hey, we, we have we have no shame, so it, we, are, we are always shameless on this show. Very true. Mm-hmm. Are we moving on to number? Number 
you're going to want to engage your potential hotel guests with a good personalized email. And Melissa, kind of like I mentioned, I didn't know really where to put these in order. Uh, I feel like this is a good, you know, second from the top, but I do think that calling is definitely even above this one probably. But because we have this customer's data and you have a great CRM, like we just talked about, create that hyper-personalized email to go back to the people very specifically and say, I understand you booked and you had to cancel, show them their previous reservation. And if you have the ability to have them pick back up and make that same room choice for a later date or create some type of promotion to really drive them back into that process. The nice thing is you can use those same segments that you just created in step three for engaging your guests on the web to create something for people who cancel to stay, but also one that goes out a different email that goes out to the people who never booked at all, but booked last year at that time. So I'm going to chime in on top of all the things that you just said, Pete, but uh, some other content you might want to include based on feedback that we've seen in our sentiment studies is just assuring guests again what you're doing at the property level to keep them safe. Safety is just number one priority for consumers right now. So I would definitely find a way to get that information in there in front and center, as well as your flexibility of cancellation policies. Yeah. The the most important thing here is understanding the objections and why the guest canceled their stay. This is not a I'm going to give you my lowest rate just because I'm trying to get people back in the door. You're overcoming that objection of my family will be sick and it's not healthy for me to travel. And this property might be a negative in my life. You want to fix that. You want to show them those hygiene steps that you take. You want to inform them that you have a worry-free cancellation policy. And if they need to cancel it again, or they need to change it, whatever happens that you're a hotelier who cares about your guest and will do whatever it takes to, to make them happy. I think you're going to ask a lot of the same questions you would on the phone call as you, or, and, and get that across in this email as well. Um, you're, you're trying to convey the same information. I think both of these tactics should be used in tandem to bring back that, that canceled reservation. Yeah, they can definitely reinforce each other. I agree with that. And, and and be smart about it, right? Because what you don't want to be doing is picking up the phone and calling someone and then rebook right then and then sending them this email the next day. So you got to make sure that your segments, you're creating a dynamic and a real-time updated based on behavior. So you create yeah. the segment and then you back out current bookings so that when they hit totally. the books, they, they come out of it. I think you should also learn from maybe maybe we Pete, Pete was right maybe you do the phone call first and the things you learn from the phone call will help you remove somebody wow. who shouldn't be getting an email. Wait, yeah, that's wow. what I meant. You you took a side. You you sided against Her Majesty, the Guru, <laughs> the Oracle, Melissa. Jeez. Hey, he wouldn't he wouldn't have done that if he knew that she couldn't get to him. For the foreseeable future. Yeah, she's not across the cube right now. I'm safe in my closet. Yeah, she would have whooped <laughs> you around the head. You just stay in there, Phil. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, cool. So uh, you guys ready to move on to the number one thing we can do? Let's do it. Number one. The number one thing you can do to prevent guest cancellations is to not have them cancel in the first place. That's the... 
that's the obvious answer, right? You don't want to lose a guest that you didn't necessarily need to lose. And I think it's very important as we're kind of entering this recovery and more and more people's summer vacations are looking that they might be impacted. Give your call staff yourself or the guy next to you the tools necessary to ensure that when somebody is looking to cancel that you do everything you can to modify that reservation versus cancel it. And you, you need to give your staff a lot of latitude. You know, is it saying, well, tell you what, why don't you hang on? I know that we have a premium room available for you. you know, let's move your stay back to August and I'll go ahead and bump you up to this next level room or whatever it might be using added value versus discounting to keep that customer on the books. Yeah, and you touched on earlier about Zappos and how they approach customer service. They they don't have a script to follow. They don't have specific boundaries. They're just basically told you take care of the guests. You know, don't put us out of business. Maybe you put a budget cap on that, but and give them some some examples. But but let a human talk to a human and solve real human problems by saying, here's how we can help you. And and I think it's not just the folks that call and try to cancel. I think there's an opportunity to get out ahead of this. And reach out to folks that that are probably in that 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 danger zone. Anyone want to Kenny Loggins right there? <laughs> I went to the danger zone. Thank you, Except those aren't the word. It's close enough. It's that's one of those um, Mandela effect things, right? Where everyone thinks it's sure. one thing, but it's not. Um, or I'm just terrible at lyrics. Okay. All right, but the point is, you completely derailed me with your amazing singing. Uh, but there's there's a there's a point right now where states are shifting their regulations. We've got it here in South Carolina where the current uh, restrictions, stay in place restrictions, expire on the 27th of April, and here we're sitting on the 23rd of April. So early next week they technically expire. What is very likely going to happen, and what we're hearing from Governor McMaster is he's likely going to extend that for another seven to fifteen days. So there's people in in this in this zone where they're, they're watching the news, they're thinking about it, but you can reach out to them and reassure them and say, hey, we're monitoring this. We've got you protected. You're not going to lose your deposit. So let's just keep things up where, where they are until we know more. And then if and when we, we learn we have to move it, we'll move it. But you can be proactive about that. But it, again, it's about being human, reaching out to these human beings. They're not just numbers or registrations or you know, people in a database, they're people with real fears, real problems, and you have to connect with them emotionally on that level to be able to reassure them. And the best way to eliminate uncertainty is to give them certainty. And you can do that. You have all the tools in your toolkit to provide certainty related to safety, health, finances, everything that they're concerned about. You can provide some certainty there. Would you make segments of guests that are going to be staying with you within the next few weeks and being you know reaching out to all them being via email via phone uh, things we talked about just just do it proactively yeah absolutely i think it's going to depend on your situation your your location and where you're drawing people from um but you know it, it's so fluid you've got to you've got to do it in a dynamic way and you've got to keep adjusting almost daily uh to to the situation again i'll give you an example so south carolina right now the current governor order 
prohibits travel from what they call hotspots, and there's a list of hotspots. And that, that, that list could change, or the dates could change, or the restrictions could change, right? So knowing that, being informed on your local and, and state-level legislation, as well as the federal guidelines that are out there, in, in making sure you're aware of who does this impact, um, who does it absolutely impact, i.e. they fall within those boundaries, but also who is in the, on the cusp of that impacting that is going to be concerned about it, and, and can you get out ahead of it? Because if, if you proactively reach out and reassure, you're a lot more likely to keep them and, and prevent them from canceling than if you just let them do their own thing on their own pace. Fear is the biggest motivator right now. And unless you do something to mitigate that fear, you're in danger of losing these folks. Yeah. Whatever happens, if it's actually a cancellation or it's a modification, make that part of your guest's day one of the best parts of their day, if you can. So they call it a cancel and you lose the booking. You really want to make sure that your guest hangs up the phone and is truly regretful that they had to cancel that stay, that they want to do something good for you because you made it just the best process in the world. Uh, and I also had two quick more th things to this as well. Just kind of make sure you don't lose a guest is it might be a good time to put some, programmatic things in place on your booking engine and if the guest does need to cancel lead them toward canceling via phone versus just being able to click a button and end the reservation uh i mean what do you guys think about that making sure disabling your online cancellations and forcing them through the phone if you have the staff to handle it that way i believe it's you know it'll be much more personal uh you can have somebody I don't want to say talk the guest into keeping their reservation, but essentially that's what it's going to be. It, it, postponing that reservation rather than straight up canceling it, it's much easier to have that personal relationship with someone over the phone. However, you don't want to necessarily take the ease of uh, necessary can necessary cancellation away. Uh, but I, I see the point you're getting at there, Pete. Yeah, and it's this is a tough one, right? And I think it's going to be a judgment call for your your specific situation. I, I can see both sides of this. I think typically I'm someone that's in favor of making it as easy as possible for the guest and being completely on the side of what's good for the guest is what you should do always. However, in this situation, I think it's it's fair if you look at this, this the mental state of most people, they're not making rational decisions. They're making fear-based emotional decisions. And I think you ultimately can serve the guest better by having a rational conversation and reassuring them. I think it's in the in the guest's interest for you to at least explain to them the options. Now, without strong arm arming them, without being opportunistic, without trying to, you know, be a used car salesman, absolutely don't do any of that. But I think to to state the facts, to provide information about the value that you're creating in in, in the flexibility you're giving them, I think as a guest, I would appreciate that. And, and I think it would be hard for me to, to understand that from a simple form where I click and cancel. So I would, in this case, personally probably lean towards removing the ability to cancel online and drive people to the phone if I could, if I could handle that volume appropriately and give people the, the appropriate amount of time individually as well. 
Yeah, I think that's it's really important to see how many online cancellations you're getting right now. Get some type of average for for your property, and make sure that you have enough uh, enough people to man the phones for for that type of volume. Understand your volume, and understand if you're going to push everybody to the phone. You do not want these people to be waiting to cancel. Uh, you want to have someone answer right away when they make that phone call. Yeah, their lives are very inconvenienced right now. You don't want to be adding to that. Maybe yeah, it's a happy medium that when they reach that cancellation form, maybe you have a big call out that says, before you cancel, please give us a call. We're happy to work with you and make this right sort of thing. Yeah, that's where I say it's a judgment call and what your, your comfort level is for your property and your types of guests. You know, a lot of people don't even, I mean, flags obviously do, but a lot of independents don't even offer online canceling. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah. So, and then the last thing I have here is as you're receiving phone calls, make sure you are a smarter marker for the next call that comes in and have a great cheat sheet that your agents can use and then add to it all the time. So if you have a, a larger property and you have a bank of agents answering the calls, make sure that there's a information sharing tool where if a guest realizes that one of the big concerns is restricted travel from a hot zone, add that to your cheat sheet of possible responses and things that you can go back to them with so that your call center is as effective as it can be. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is an opportunity for training. Uh, I would assume your volume, call volume is not at peak right now. And so hopefully you've got stuff there that have a little time. So, this is a good chance to, to record the, mess, the conversations that happen and evaluate them as a group and analyze and dissect and look for opportunities to improve, not just now, but into the future too, and make sure you have a stronger, stronger possible call center or reservation staff as possible. Absolutely. And that is it. That was the number one thing you should do is not lose guests in the first place. Wow. That is a, quite a list, and it flipped me for a, a loop with the reversing and we had arguments, we had debates, we had it all. This is this is quite a roller coaster episode, quite quite fitting for a hundred and fiftieth. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone just needs to, to relax and, and center themselves, and it, it's all going to be okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think take, taking the time to take a breath and step away is is definitely good good advice. Now, unfortunately, typically on our on our fifty fiftieth and hundredth episode, we did a live AMA and. Obviously, we kind of we've been pushing out so much content over the last few weeks that this this one kind of crept up on us really rapidly, and we didn't have time to organize an, an AMA. But we're thinking about that doing another one, maybe a virtual video AMA, and allowing people to to jump in. We're kind of looking through the logistics of that. So stay tuned for for more info on that. But we're going to continue to pump out valuable content over the next several weeks related to recovery and try to be as, as practical as possible. I think we're going to do another uh, evaluation. We did, Like I mentioned earlier, we did an updated sentiment study, so we're going to be touching on that coming up next week, and also addressing some listener questions that we've been getting. So if you have questions that you'd like to be answered on the show, uh, basically free marketing advice. So there's really no catch other than we might make a little bit of fun of you. So... Um, Send us your emails, info at fueltravel.com, and we'll do our best to answer them on the show. And then the other thing I would ask is please, 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 and one more please, 
go ahead, take just a couple of minutes out of your day and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that will help other people find us and spread the love. And then we help more people, and that's really why we're doing this. So please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't know how to do that, then just go Google it because it's like literally two steps. You click on library, find our podcast, click on that, and then scroll down, and there's a review where you can leave a five stars and then type in a little comment. And just as a reminder, Pete will read that in whatever accent you tell him to. So there's an added little incentive. That's that's your up room upgrade, if you will. <laughs> well, guys, that was another great episode. Pete, thank you for putting the notes together. We really appreciate it. Even, even though you, you break the script, you flip the script with the, the numbers, we still appreciate the valuable content. Perfect. Glad you guys enjoyed it. Melissa, Phil, you have any final words of wisdom? Um, I really hope whoever leaves the next review asks Pete to read it in a Scottish accent because I want to hear it. It'll, it'll be pretty close to his Irish accent because it, it yeah. devolved into a Scottish halfway through. They, they, they all devolve into Scottish accents. Maybe a little Australian. Who knows? Hey, that's fine. <laughs> you can enjoy it. Australian that ends in Scottish accent. Mate. <laughs> Stuart, you were being picked on today on Lauren's show about accents. Oh, I'm sure. It happens a lot. Uh, I think they had the guys from used to be a travel tripper on the show and the, they're both fellow Brits. So I'm sure they were mocking my accent. They couldn't figure out where you're from. <laughs> That's funny. Swaziland. That is where I'm from. Uh, well, guys, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Pete, if they want to find you on the web, where can they do that? They can check me out on Twitter at PDimeo, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. And Phil. You can find me on Twitter at P-Fariska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. And Melissa. I am on Twitter at M.A. Kavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And I do want to give a, a shameless plug to Melissa. She just published a, a blog on our website, fueltravel.com slash blog, about uh, pro- projecting potential recovery pace by looking at China data and looking at a couple of markets here in the U.S. So you should go check that out. It's, it's uh, very interesting. It gives a lot of insight into probably what the next four to eight weeks are going to look like here in, in North America for the, at least the leisure travel segment. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. And it, also the sentiment studies there at fueltravel.com slash blog as well. We'll link to both of those in the show notes, fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 150. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>